the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer, there's a request of God that you and I would be unified as he and the Father were unified. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. As we begin our time together today, we do so looking at 1 Corinthians. Now, there were some issues, some serious issues at this church. The Apostle Paul addresses them for the purpose of unity. But as we'll begin today, Pastor Leighton Sheely reminds us of what unity is not, so that we might clearly understand what unity is and the direction the Apostle Paul wanted the church at Corinth to head, and by proxy, you and I as well. Won't you join us for a very encouraging look at 1 Corinthians? It's our introduction to this marvelous book. Here's Pastor Layton with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Another thing that unity does not mean is uniformity. That means, you know, everybody doing the same thing, saying the same thing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, We don't all dress the same. We don't drive the same cars. uh, We don't carry the same uh, translation of the Bible or size of the Bible. These are personal preferences, and those ought not be a cause for division. You know, there's some things that we talk about. We negotiate. It's negotiable. Uh, We don't fight over those. We don't divide over those. They're personal preferences. Let me give you an example. A worship style. That's a personal preference. If you were to look at the worship styles of churches from over the centuries and around the globe, you would find that there's a great diversity of expressions of worship. For some churches, Gregarian chant is where it's at. For other churches, they worship from the hymnal. For other churches, they, they like a contemporary worship expression in a hot band. And I am told that there are some church worship styles where it actually resembles a rock concert, complete with lights and smoke and special effects and all of that kind of stuff. Well, worship styles are a personal preference. The Church of the Highlands has multiple worship styles and has had. Uh, our Saturday night uh, worship and our Sunday morning at 7 a.m. is more traditional and more uh, devotional. And it's the old hymns for the most part, uh, accompanied by piano. But when we come to our 8.30, 10, 11.30 services, that's with our choir and our orchestra, and it's more celebrative. And so there's a diversity among the worship styles. And the worship styles at Church of the Highlands are not the same as they were 50 years ago. And they won't be the same if we're here for another 50 years as well. They're going to continue to change. The point is that Christ always be lifted up. How about another one? How about eschatology? Now, this is how some people interpret the descriptions in the book of Revelation that describe the end times. And there are some people that are, are in our congregation that are premillennialists. There are some people in our congregation that are postmillennialists. And our founding pastor calls himself a pan-millennialist, saying it's all going to pan out in the end just the way God planned it. Anyways, <laughs> your eschatology is your personal preference. And we're not going to divide over matters of eschatology. If you want to be premillennialist, that's fine. If you want to be post-millennialist, that's fine. If you want to be pan-millennialist, that's fine. But the Bible clearly says Jesus is coming back. That's non-negotiable, okay? Jesus is coming back. 
Um, you know, see, some people will push and push and push on their personal preferences until those confrontations become divisions, and that's wrong. It's okay to have differences. It's not okay to have divisions. It's okay to have personal preferences. It's not okay to have divisions. So then, unity is neither condoning a wide-open tolerance of any and all beliefs, nor is it a narrow-minded intolerance of people's preferences that don't coincide with our own. Now, we've looked a bit at what it's not. Let's look at what it is. Paul writes, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another, that all of you agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you might be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now, in the Greek, that you all agree is literally that you all speak the same thing. And that's the way it's translated in the King James Version. Now, there are a few things that are more confusing to either new Christians or people that are uh, considering the claims of Christ than to hear people who claim to be mature and informed Christians tell them things that are contradictory to other things they have heard from other people who call themselves mature Christians. Speaking the same thing depends on us having a common script, one script that we all work from. That's how we speak the same thing. And our common script as Christians is the Bible. Spoken plainly and not twisted to make it into some meaning for which it was not originally intended. Now, the lack of speaking the same thing by churches claiming to be Christian is contributing to a state of confusion in America. Recently, there was a lot of attention on the issue of homosexuality and marriage. There were some churches of America claiming to be Christian who, in an effort to represent God's love and be inclusive and be politically correct, suggest that it is okay for someone to continue to be active in a homosexual lifestyle and you can expect to get into heaven. You're acceptable. Well, such churches do not represent true Christianity because true Christianity is based on the Bible. And the Bible clearly teaches that people who continue in a lifestyle of homosexuality or any other sin and refuse to repent are not going to heaven. Revelation 21.8 says, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, This is the second death. So in order for us as Christians to speak the same thing, we need to use the same script, and that script is the Bible. The Bible is not tolerant or inclusive according to the new definitions of those words. There are matters that are non-negotiable in the Scripture because the Bible is very clear about them. Let me give you some examples. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Non-negotiable, that's what the Bible teaches. There is a heaven and there is a hell. That's what the Bible teaches. We are male and female, made in the image of God, and not evolved as some higher life form. Non-negotiable, it's in the Bible. The Bible also provides us the biblical definitions of marriage and family. These are non-negotiables because they're very clearly spoken of in the Bible. Now, Unity is also relational. 
A true church is not just an event. It's not a place you go to at a certain time uh, so you can experience such and such. It, a true church is a family, a relationship. And, and some people can come to Highlands to disappear into a crowd, but they miss the satisfaction of experiencing true Christian unity and community. Christian unity is experienced when people commit themselves to developing truly significant relationships with other believers. Small groups are a great way to start building relationships, uh, including Sunday school classes and Bible studies and midweek classes and other small groups. Unity is also required for us to work towards fulfilling our mission as Christians and as a church. The mission statement we have here at Church of the Highlands that describes us is we are a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching church helping people fall in love with Jesus through a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission. So if someone were to come up to you and say, I understand you go to Highlands. Tell me about that church. What's it all about? Each of you should memorize this. Have it in your your pocket. Be able to to say, this this is what Church of the Highlands is. Church of the Highlands is a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching church helping people fall in love with Jesus through a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission. Jesus said, I will build my church. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so week after week, we lift up Jesus People are drawn to him, and as they're drawn to him, they're drawn together, and we are drawn together in unity and can work together and and grow together in the Lord. Now, Paul continues in verse 11. He says, My brother, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. Now, let me say that it is natural for each of us to have our own personal preferences. Uh, Some of us may have, uh, probably all of us have, a favorite team, favorite dessert, favorite singer, favorite restaurant, and a favorite preacher. It's human nature to have preferences. Uh, Having preferences is not wrong, but what made this wrong was that believers had become divisive in their allegiances. It wasn't that they were saying, well, I really like this one. It was, you know, my favorite is better than your favorite. My preacher can preach circles around your preacher. Now, Paul mentions four divisions that are centered around great leaders in the church, and each of them is worthy of respect. It's Apollos and Paul and Cephas, that would be the Apostle Peter, and Jesus. Now, we don't talk much about Apollos, but Apollos was the pastor who followed Paul at the church in Corinth. In fact, you'll read about that in Acts chapters 17 and 18, thereabouts. And so, Paulus was the pastor who followed Paul at Corinth, and we know that Paul was no slouch at preaching, right? I mean, but evidently, according to church history and tradition, Apollos was an exceptionally, exceptionally gifted and eloquent preacher. Exceptionally. In fact, some have suggested it was he who wrote the book of Hebrews, because we really don't, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. But he is reputed to have been an exceptionally gifted and eloquent preacher. 
Now, people have an attraction to eloquent words. You know, it's remarkable to listen to conversations of Christians as, across America as they leave their churches on Sunday morning. In many cases, they're not discussing the substance of the sermon, but they're discussing the style. You know, hey, did the preacher really, you know, hit a home run today? Uh, knock the ball out of the, uh, the field? Uh, weren't those powerful illustrations? Um, did the uh, pastor... Uh, pronounce all of those polysyllabic words correctly. You know, it's remarkable how fixated American Christians can become evaluating style to the exclusion of appreciating substance. It was the late Martin Lloyd-Jones who said, if I met at the back of the church after services with offers of congratulations, great sermon, doctor, or amazing preaching, he said, then I failed. But if they bypassed me, talking to someone else with thoughts of how amazing Jesus is, he says, then I've gotten close to what I've been called to do as a preacher. It is indeed what is being spoken of rather than how it is spoken. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Information about this ministry and Church of the Highlands in San Bruno can be found at highlands.us. Tomorrow, more from 1 Corinthians on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.